Hello, friends. Welcome to the Laity Podcast. This is Andrew, and uh, I'm here with a special guest who we'll introduce in a moment. Of course, Stephen's joining us as well. And uh, wanted to welcome everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, I guess it's officially 26... Wow. 2019. <laughs> I don't know where I'm living. It's, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to redo that. Um, it's 2019 and, uh, man, just excited for this episode. Steven and I were talking and uh, I decided it might make sense to take kind of the new year and new star as an opportunity to do a little bit of reflection. And we recognize that over the course of the last, you know, 10 months or so, as, as this podcast has been live, we're early on in the, in the podcast, um, early on in the tenure, I guess, Stephen and I spent a lot of time talking just he and I over a number of subjects. And of course, within four or five episodes, as many of you have heard and seen, we began to introduce guests, um, which is great for many reasons, but you don't necessarily get a lot of our particular feedback or discussion. We listen to a lot of podcasts where the, the commentators or interviewees will speak kind of before and after, um, and that's not really something we do. So we wanted to take an episode just to, to, shed, to, to reflect a bit on the last year uh, and then hopefully dive in a bit to kind of how this podcast and experience as far as shaped us and how we've thought about the experience, how we've thought about the guests, and then ultimately, you know, where we're looking to be going forward. So we figured the the least awkward way to do that was to bring on uh, someone to, to maybe interview us and be a part of that discussion. So I'm really excited to have my dad here. Tom Lombardi is uh, joining me at the at the dining room table here in Atlanta. Dad, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Great to have you. And Stephen, you're, uh, I, we haven't introduced you here. You're joining us here as always with, with uh, Elise, your beautiful wife, joining the conversation as well. Hey, we're good. Hey. Awesome. Dad, we'll figure before we dive in, and we're going to let this just flow, and you have some questions, I think, and, and thoughts for us, but thought it might be helpful for our listeners to just hear a little bit about, about your background and what you do today. Absolutely. First of all, you guys have inspired me with this podcast, and uh, I have enjoyed number of episodes, not heard all of them, but they've been fantastic. And I appreciate the work both of you've done on this. Um, my background in a nutshell, um, and I'm going to use the spiritual context because um, that's what this is all about. Uh, uh, you know, had a very radical, what I would call radical conversion at age 18. I was raised Catholic, a very committed Catholic family, uh, weekly services, all the sacraments, including Catholic school, went off to a Jesuit school in Boston and <laughs> promptly encountered a group that held uh, a Bible study on campus, took it very seriously, and I was very impressed. Um, I was already lapsing as a Catholic, uh, and the Bible <laughs> kind of uh, gave me the black and white answers I was looking for at the time, and on spiritual matters, I felt totally regenerated. Um, I, had, I had quite a shift from college, basic college, pagan life to a very committed Christian life. And that shaped really my, it's shaped my life to this day, my values, expectations on marriage, parenting, community involvement, leadership, what I want to be when I grow up, all that. So um, after, and then I guess to round the story off, after 12 years in corporate jobs, I decided to heed the call, went into the ministry where I was ordained in our denomination and served in a suburban congregation in the Philadelphia area for about seven years. Um, I did that uh, for a bit and then felt called out as I was called in 
and uh, resigned, and another totally different door opened up, and I ended up launching the career that I have now as a leadership and and uh, life coach, and I've uh, been doing that a while, and probably at the end, I'll try to plug my latest adventure, um, but uh, that's kind of my background, and um, I have a deep interest in spiritual matters, and Consider my spiritual life pretty dang important to me. Nice. So that's kind of my background. Is good. that good enough? Close enough? It's awesome. Okay. Thank good. you. Um, and we appreciate you you listening. You've given us some good feedback. I think th- throughout the pro- the 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 you know process thus far, Dad. I kind of want to. They just give you the floor if yeah, you want to drive I'll some take of the conversation. The floor. I'm good at that. Um, and I've got a few questions for you fellas, and um, we'll just take it. You know, some of these questions have been kind of. Jar, you know, darting around my brain all these weeks, so I'm glad to uh, finally ask them. Tell me, guys, um, the original impulse you had for starting the project. I mean, what what was missing in your life that you needed to do this work and um, and launch this whole project? I mean, I can speak for me. I mean, Andrew, you and I were having conversations. I mean, this must have been 2000 and probably nine, maybe. Um, and we we sort of met each other in campus ministry, uh, and and turned out we were reading the same books, and and have been having these types of conversations ever since. And over the years since then, it seems like more and more of our friends have become interested in joining that conversation. Right. Um, uh, you know, whether it's particular doubts that come up, um, that just become just make it difficult to to maintain a, a faith that you maybe once had early on or uh, different things with the church or uh, just different things in life that have come up. I think a lot of our friends have become more and more interested. So the, the podcast was birthed, I think, as a way of um, – one, one of the reasons, I think, was as, as a way of trying to, um, I guess, provide a way for other people to listen in or to get in the conversation. Um, for me, too, it was also kind of an excuse just to try to <laughs> – to, to see if we could talk to these people that we've been reading for all these years. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think in addition, um, it's, and we've said this before, I think it's important to know we had the idea. We were sort of inspired in theory years and years and years ago, did a pilot, didn't really go live with it and, and tabled it. I think the timing has been interesting because, Whereas I think we had a lot of ideas. And again, that was, yeah, like uh, many years ago, four or five. Um, and we're like, we're going to launch, we're ready to go. And I think if we were to launch them, which again, we didn't, I mean, there's just so much we dove into and learned and right. experienced since then. And so the timing, I think, was even part around feeling like, you know, we want to step out, put this out there and and actually open up the conversation for others to be a part of. So if anything, if anything, also just creating a space for for others to partake in it, um, you know, at least virtually and then even reach yeah. out to, to be a part directly. Excellent. I mean, I, I could say also, I think, I mean, we'd spent a long, I mean, a lot of time reading and, and, and thinking through a lot of this stuff. So for me, I also, I, I guess I, I did, I'd also felt that impulse of like, it's, I want to, I want to get this stuff out there. I mean, there's some things that I think I want to, I want to learn how to talk about this. I want to, I want, I want to, I want to throw this out there and then, and, and sort of just see what happens. The thing is guys, these are the kind of subjects that people don't want to bring out and talk about. I mean, they may talk about them, but they certainly don't want to broadcast it to the world. And so um, my follow on question would be, 
Um, well, there's no follow-on. I just wanted to make that comment. Yeah, My yeah, second yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're wacky, and that's the point. Um, so on to the next thing. What has you know surprised you the most along the journey here? You've had some um, some uh, moments here and there on the. Uh, in in the journey, what has surprised you most, delighted you, and frustrated you about this podcasting, uh, bringing it out, so to speak? Okay, I love that. I mean, I first thing, and we, Steve and I have said this multiple times, kind of pinching ourselves. I think the general accessibility of these thinkers, totally. <laughs> uh, the thinkers of these authors, these people that were like, man, like I've been reading them since I was fifteen. The other day, and we haven't put this live yet, but you know, cats out of the bag. We we interviewed Brian McLaren a couple of weeks ago, oh, and I remember reading Brian's stuff like as a sophomore in high school, and not idolizing him, right? But just seem there's a the guy out there in the forefront of these conversations, um, and others as well. So I think one, the accessibility that folks are having these conversations and are really open to having the conversations because there's a sort of there's a community and, and like mindedness, I think, around some of these very topics and thinkers and they're op- they're genuinely humble and open to, to being a part of that, um, with whomever. Um, also I think just the part of what's been surprising for me is the people, just the feedback that we have gotten, um, for those that we've been in relationships with even prior that have been following, I was just talking to a friend who, you know, essentially had an exit from church um, for a number of reasons, not purely out of disillusionment, even to some personal decisions. And, um, you know, I kind of was leading a certain kind of life, wasn't interested in throwing it all out, but couldn't, couldn't maintain it, you know, the way it was, took, definitely departed. And he actually called me like a couple weeks ago and he's, he's been on a journey. He's now real, you know, back in the saddle, having, you know, opening the Bible with friends in a brand new imagined way. He lives in a new city. He's been following us the whole time. And he's just been on this actual journey that, you know, to, to, to which I'm like, Hey, I'm just so glad you can be a part of the conversation. Not, I'm so glad you're the result of, you know, you're the positive result of like my sort of coercion or teaching or, you know, of me getting you back into shape. It's just been him listening and following the spirit and praying and being a part of just that flow. And I know there are others out there like that. It's baffling to me how many people, particularly from my, our tradition are in a very similar place and have made these kind of transitions even over the last few years and are actually interested in, in where it's going. They're not just tearing it down, but they're, they're genuinely wanting to reconstruct something. Yeah. I, um, that surprised me as well. I mean, my, my running joke is that I feel like I need to apologize. Like, I'm sorry that there must be a legitimate podcast out there called Laity, but this is, you got the wrong one. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. I, uh, I'm always, I'm always just, uh, I mean, when we had Brian's on, on the first time that, <laughs> I remember my son was like pitching a giant colossal fit, like the entire interview. So yes, I remember being back... very quite irritated by that. As a matter of fact, what the hay is going on over there? Yeah. Actually, I thought it was Brian Zahn. I was saying, okay, well, if he wants, I mean, what is he going to do? Are you going to say, yeah. shut the kid up? No, you can't do that. But yeah, exactly. um, yeah. anyway, that was your kid. Okay, Stephen. Oh yeah, it was, it was my kid, man. So <laughs> I, I, I remember feeling like, Oh my gosh, I've got I've got, you know, Brian's on on the line and and, <laughs> and like, everything oh is just falling apart. <laughs> yeah. 
like, he's one of our first like really, really. Um, Let's turn to Ephesians see. five and help Stephen with his parenting situation. Yeah. And this, you know, <laughs> there you um, go. There you go. All right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I guess that, that's what surprised me. I think what's delighted. Um, that's an interesting question. Um, I have been just delighted to to be able to ask the questions, um, to put questions to people that, that are out there doing stuff yeah. and writing things. And, um, I, uh, I've been delighted also, I guess, just to, to, it's forced me to, to sort of up my, 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 in my reading game a little bit. So I'm having to take in a little I more. Guess so, so it's, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed that. I kind of got, I've got something to train for. Um, so, uh, Andrew, what about you, man? Yeah, no, same thing. I think that it's just been fun. I think to be able to ask questions to people that I respect and um, it's just been a lot of fun. I mean, some of the ones we've done recently, it's just been a good time. Anything frustrating uh, where your expectations were really kind of dashed? <laughs> <laughs> Steven's like Andrew, having, having Andrew as a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Not, um, not, not really. To be honest, frustrating is probably not the word. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think anything frustrating. Disappointing, frustrating. No, I mean, um, I have experienced a little bit of the, like, because of the people that we've had on. Um, yeah, a number of them uh, are, I guess, could be labeled progressive or in sort of a progressive Christian space, and I've been, yeah. I've been a little bit surprised and sort of frustrated at at how much some some people might think that they could sort of extrapolate like what I think from who I've had on the show. Um, and and this podcast was mostly birthed as a way of kind of leading folks to some of the interesting thinkers that are out there, not at all as a as an endorsement of everything that every person has ever said yes. um, that we brought on. So I, I've, I've, right. I've felt a little bit of that. Um, like, hey, wow, I'm, I, uh, you know, you've had this person on. Uh, do you really... Do you agree with them on these things? I'm like, well, no, no, not really. I think, I think especially, I remember the Cody Deese episode, episode um, yeah. how to shake a church. He mentioned something um, later on, on, on sexuality. And we got several requests. And this, this wasn't necessarily frustrating. I guess it was more just sort of surprising um, where like the interview was, was like 45 or 48 minutes long. It was a fairly long interview. And, for about 15 seconds, he mentioned one thing on sexuality, and that was what I got the most questions about. Um, yeah. So uh, I, sometimes I, I do, I, I sense a little bit of the, like there are particularly hot topics out there, and it, I, I worry that the, the heat of those topics sort of dampens the rest of the conversation, and people just leave with that little snippet. That's great. I understand. Um, well, I'm going to move on. Next question. Um, and this is the one for all the marbles. I've been really wanting to ask this question anyway for months of both of you guys. What do you perceive um, as the spiritual impact on you uh, after a year at this and taking on all these views and all this this energy and this conviction and this knowledge and the, this book learning and, and PhDs and best-selling authors? I'm totally curious about how this has impact, how does spiritual impact on your in your lives? Hmm. And of course, the big question: Have your beliefs shifted and changed, and how have they, or have you changed, and in what way? Hmm. 
you know, anecdotally, um, we did an interview with Jared McKenna, um, from Australia and we were talking about the kingdom and I've known Jared, of course, not personally, um, but from a distance as really a radical activist, um, uh, a real, you know, loud voice for social change, for thinking about Jesus politically, socially, historically, of course, spiritually as well. But, you know, he's the guy that, you know, is getting arrested for protesting. Um, you know, he's the guy who's totally in sync with kind of a theology of, of, you know, ecology and, you know, is just a, a loud voice that frankly has stories to tell, scars to show, and it's just a great guy. And so, you know, even in approaching that episode and people, anyone who's heard it can probably tell, I mean, I kind of approached it, share with us some of these anecdotes, these stories, these tales of like you on the front, front lines of the kingdom. And, um, what, what I heard is not what he said, but what I heard was the residents of Jesus saying like, what a foolish and depraved generation to ask for a sign. <laughs> it was kind of like, like almost like I'm like, so Jared, tell us a story of you being like on the front lines, like protesting. And he's like, so how's your prayer life? Yeah. And, and well, it was just amazing because he handled it with so much humility. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. I left that conversation. And it wasn't just because like, Oh my gosh, he wowed me and I felt stupid. It, it was more just seeing his center. Yeah. In the father's love in Christ, like a real experienced faith. Um, even in like the silence, he's talking about walking to school and like looking at the birds and the bushes and knowing God's, <laughs> I mean, literally, and you know, you just have these, and I've had this with other people, yeah. you have this, these meetings with people that are like, this guy's like been with God in a serious way. Yeah. Yeah. And I left that episode, we ended at like 11 PM and Jenna was, my wife was like half going to bed. And I said like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta step out. And I like just left the house for quite a while, just in silence. Um, you know, I think not every, in full transparency, majority of episodes are not like that. Um, but I feel like that's just a microcosm of a bigger, th these folks are helping me one, get back to the essence, like the Brian Zons of the world, or even we had Bruxy on from the meeting house. Yeah, Some yeah, of these guys yeah. that have been, that are living in this and are asking these questions and I've been a part of for years and years and often in a pastoral setting that play without even them knowing it, a pastoral type of role of recentering us. And I think even recentering like a generation of us that really want that next thing, but are needing to be kind of recentered. So that's something for me, it's helped me to slow down. It's helped me to be okay. Asking the questions, knowing that there's like this cloud of witnesses, not just in the past, but today of people that are like, that are engaged with these things. There really aren't any un, th there's no waters that haven't been charted in some regard. And there are, there are, there's a community of people around us that, um, that are pursuing these things. And so there's a certain level of security to that. Yeah. Hopefully that, that kind of answers. Steven, what do you think? Man, that, that, the, the McKenna interview, I do remember just feeling like, uh, and I, I felt like this a few times in our interviews, just like, just a bumbling, idiot like i'm <laughs> like i'm trying to ask this like uh you know and 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 part of that i guess is the nature of the podcast i mean we you know that we we this is somewhat deliberately just under produced and we we're just very i want to ship something out and get some feedback on it and then just learn from it and move on um but 
his his interview, I def I sense that too. I, I I sense that there was like this um. I, I could I, I, there was a sense that he has spent countless hours, like he's he's been formed in countless hours of prayer and silence. I mean, what what we what you what we I guess as a like a listener from this side, what like we would see from his Twitter or something or from his podcast is 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 a, is is one thing, but then what's beneath that? Like that's just the tip of the iceberg. And so I, I think one way that it sort of affected me is it has helped to kind of bring me back to, um, although the content is good, what wh- what are the rhythms of life that made that content accessible to that person? Hmm. So I think about that, like with Brian Zahn as well. Brian Zahn, I mean, he's one of my favorite preachers. I could not believe, I mean, I was fanboying all over the place and then I, I was going to have him on the podcast. And... <clears throat> He just, he has that same thing that you, you you just you just sit and even like over Skype you can just sense like there's like this wow there is just just profound there was something deep about this individual and it's not from the books he's written uh, it's not from the sermons he's preached it's from the countless hours that no one will ever know about uh, that have sort of shaped him into who he is so it, it's really the podcast has helped help me ask those questions of myself. Um, Okay, yeah, like I mean, I I can for me, it's easy to kind of get stuck in these sort of content loops where I'm just sort of spiraling on different ideas. Hmm. But it, it helps to kind of having those moments helps to sort of shake me and bring me back to reality of like, well, the content is good, but what is what does my life look like, and how do I live the kind of life that just brings about that type of content naturally? Hmm. And, and I want to chime in on that and say, it's imp- I think it's easy to assume. And we can do this with any camp, conservative, progressive, a- a- anything. People have heard something or they Google something or yeah. something comes up and there's an assumption about, oh, that's that guy. Um, and there are just certain names on every side of the coin from Rob Bell to Mark Driscoll to John MacArthur to Matt Chandler. Like you just throw the Francis Chan, you throw these names and there's a, oh yeah, they're that guy. They're the guy, that's the guy who's cool with, you know affirming homosexuality oh that's the guy who doesn't believe in hell oh that's the guy who doesn't you know and what i have found again speaking for myself in this particular experience having done some a little bit of the work of actually getting to know some of these 99 percent of these people these are not fly by night i got popular off a bestseller one time and i'm because i'm just so interested in throwing it all out or i'm upset Um, or I had a bad experience or I don't want to, you know, put people, you know, I don't want to put anyone's feet to the fire anymore because it's all good. That's just not the reality. It's just like, that's not, these people are living, these, these men and women are, are, are living in these, like they're going through these valleys uh, as well as doing the the work, the the formation, the spiritual work. That yeah, it's really. Well, it impactful. sounds like you you all been inspired by these people, by some of these folks. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, by getting up up close into their lives and hearing the stories beyond the the headline, and that's that's pretty cool. But there are those who, um, and how do you answer those who say, okay, you have these some heavyweights on. Um, they, they, they espouse different views, very diverse, um, even non, um, you know, controversial views on the Bible, on the kingdom. And then you react, um, you seem to react with some, with some responses like that's fantastic or that's cool or they're wow. 
and it's you seem to passively accept everything and everyone mm. that comes on the show. And so, what do you say to people who who say that you're kind of passively um, um, endorsing kind of con- endorsing um, a whole host of things that seem to many people with uh, at least our similar background as as <laughs> everything from controversy to heresy. How, how do you how do you answer that question when people come to you that way? That's a phenomenal question. I love that. I, I mean, because I, I, I have gotten that. Um, part of that, I think, so I think, there's, I think there's, there's several layers to it. Part of that, I think, is one, inexperience. And, you know, with the podcast, um, we're hoping to, just to get good at these conversations over time. And unfortunately, there's no way just to turn it on and be good at it. Um, so we, we, I mean, I listen to a number of other podcast folks and I try to learn from how they interview and things. Right. Um, so that, so that, that's part of it. I think there are, I think, yeah, there probably were, I think it's a fair critique that there, there are some times where I could, um, I could, I could think more critically or ask a better question. Um, but then this, the, the other part of it though, is that, and this, I guess, goes back to your previous question. One of the things that, I, that I'm learning through this is that, that almost everybody has a gospel for me. Like so, almost everybody has some sort of good news to bring me, and so when I'm on, like when I when I'm on with somebody and they're saying something, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't know if I can make that move, okay, but but uh, I'm I, I generally and I, I genuinely I'm 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 not usually hung up on it because I'm too busy trying to hear them out and 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 listen to what okay what what, what can I do with this. Um, I think a lot of times it's easy to get caught up in you get so worried up you get so worried about the question of is is x or y you know idea right that you lose sight of what you can do with it and to me that's what I'm interested in I'm interested in what can I build here what can I do with this Yeah I I think that's great Stephen I think also I mean it's no it's no secret that these are people we're interested in Yeah I mean these are and so but what's funny is and again, we don't we don't center this on the podcast because we're not it's not a debate show. Steven and I could before and after every interview tell you in advance where we probably are misaligned with all of these people. Misaligned meaning we wouldn't endorse some of the st- the stance or the right, Steven. I mean, I think like in general, like there are people we've had on that like we didn't talk about it, but I can guarantee you we're not going to see eye to eye on certain yeah, things, totally. but that's obviously not what we're going to feature. So for me, in terms of we're having people on that we are interested in, that's no secret. Um, secondly, we're purposely showcasing or attempting to showcase things that we think our particular audience, which is semi-specific is interested in. Um, and thirdly though, the com- converse side is, you know, we've had conversations of, how do we, and this is simply just something we're learning and still exploring. How do we bring on people? How do we bring on people we know we won't disagree with? I mean, sorry. How do we bring on people we know we will have disagreement with without it becoming a debate show or like, how can you have cordial, you know, great fellowship, but also like, we don't agree on this issue and we're going to hash it out for the sake of the listeners, for the sake of showing these different approaches, but without bit, but we're not, I'm not interested in like, okay, good argument, but what about this? Like, I don't want it to be yeah, the debate. Yeah. That's just kind of because it doesn't interest me. Maybe there's a space for it. I just don't think our listeners would be as into that. Well, great. I, I think That's over time, answer. I think over time, you and I have become, it seems like you and I have become less 
interested in uh, in in our faith operating as as a as a way of um, understanding like true propositions, and we become more interested in in, in our faith becoming almost like something that we kind of butt against. And it's through, it's in that sort of, in that back and forth and in the struggle that, that our characters, our, our, our minds, our intellect, hopefully our spiritual lives are, are shaped and formed. And it's yeah. something that, that I genuinely believe is because it has been really life-giving. I mean, I, I feel like I've experienced somewhat of a, you know, a, a, a revival uh, of sorts. <laughs> 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 I've okay, so redeemed. I'm going to push you even further on this point um, because I know some people are probably thinking this. How in the world um, do you can you reconcile such a diversity of thought and view on passages that we you have formally taken pretty straightforwardly? This whole idea from Ephesians four four through six about unity um, um, in in various parts of our faith. Uh, there being one, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, you know, this whole one thing. And by the way, we we happen to know what that one thing is. And if you'd only uh, open your eyes and see it for yourself. So um, I'm wondering if you've drawn new conclusions about how in the world uh, you reconcile this seeming call to oneness when mm-hmm. you've got these people that you respect, care about, and are in your face about uh, diverse views. And a, a, part, a part two of that is then how do you advise an honest seeker who comes to your podcast and doesn't have the security that somehow you have around the Scripture? How in the world do you advise them to study the Scripture and to make progress spiritually in a, in a Bible context when, um, when it seems like week to week, people have, uh, there's just all sorts of things uh, going on. Uh, so there you go. That was a mouthful, Gosh. but um, I'm, is, I'm pr- pressing down to the metal here. You're, you're low-balling some questions here now. Come on, Tom. <laughs> I know. This is my chance, man. Oh, man. This is good. This is well, good. Well, that's a big so, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Steven, I, you take a stab. Man, yeah. I've, I've thought a lot about this because... Um, it really is. I mean, the Bible has a lot to say about things like false doctrine or, or, uh, um, you know, warnings and admonitions for avoiding people for, because of what they teach. And, and, um, I, I mean, yeah, there's clearly some sort of a biblical precedent for that. And then you have, you know, four thing with one faith, one Lord, one hope, one baptism, um, which is, which is often used as a way of kind of, um, uh, uh, a way of entering a controversial situation, and, and, uh, I think w- when it's not used well, it gets used as a way of collapsing the controversy and sort of rallying the troops and basically saying, look, there's one Lord, one hope, one faith, one baptism. So here's how it works. Um, and the problem with that, uh, is I, I think that that, that approach, it, it, it's focused, it's, it's as if the, the, the purpose of that text was to get back to the one proposition of hope, the one proposition, like the, the correct um, propositions about, about these different things. So hope, faith, baptism, whatever. And and it, and it, and it, I think it ignores or at least underemphasizes the relational component. And for me, that has started to flip. So, and that's why I said, like, I, I become, over time, I become less concerned about being right and more concerned about, some of the relational dynamics and 
admitting, look, I'm, I may be wrong, but if I'm going to be wrong, I'm going to be, I'm going to be wrong. Right. I'm going to be wrong the right way. I want, I want to be wrong because I am trying to follow Jesus and let this book, this life, this man, this story shape the person I become and how I show up in the world. And sometimes what that means is when I'm confronted with somebody who thinks something different from me, rather than deciding to engage it as a threat, I want to engage it as an invitation, as a welcome guest, as I want, I want to, I want to, I want to bring, I want to open the doors and let them stay for a while because they've got something to bring to me and I want to receive it. Gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I just think I don't have a great answer for this. Um, beyond what Steven just said, but I think something about the way that we hold the relationships and the tension. Um, we see this in, you know, like the whole book of Galatians. I mean, this is Paul's whole aim is really this whole, this, this Jew Gentile dynamic and relationship. And there's some truth to it that like, yes, Gentiles are card carrying members. Like they are in fact, welcome in the kingdom. And it was for them from the beginning along with the Jews. But but and so yes, like if you believe Gentiles are out, that's an issue, and you need to course correct. That being said, here's how to live in unity. Here's how to live in such a way that you know folks would would see your life and 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 see God and the kingdom in it. I think about also the word like righteousness, which is a which is not which has more to do with the right relationship and justice in relationship than how maybe I traditionally grew up understanding righteousness, which is basically top, top shelf holiness and kind of, you know, to the letter of the law, of course, not literally, but, um, there's something about having righteous relationships or, you know, being a, a righteous man is one that is, you know, one in right relationships with others. And so I think, I think there's a lot of space for that. And, and the other side is, and we've talked about this on the podcast is most of the stuff that we're discussing is not something that someone pulled out of thin air, but rather biblical, either principles, concepts, um, or frankly, just just sheer points of view. I mean, we had um, um, someone on just the other day. We we're talking about women's roles. We haven't posted the podcast yet, but you know, she's breaking down the Greek in a way you just simply would not know if you didn't know the Greek because right. of how we. So there's there often is, and I hate to just kind of justify the diversity, but there pro, there often is more to the story than what you see at face value. The argument on the other side tends to be, well, why we shouldn't need a scholar to read the Bible? Um, correct. But we're also not necessarily seeing the text in its in its original form in some ways, and so there's just some that's just something to be said for that. And the reality is, God seems to be, if it, God seems to be okay with some of this ambiguity. Yeah. And and by ambiguity, I don't mean softness. I don't mean lack of conviction. I mean clearly, like Paul didn't write a systematic theology. Jesus didn't write a systematic. Like these things aren't ironclad in many ways. I say these things. I'm being high level, but. The reality is there's there's just ambiguity. There's 44, however many thousand denominations um, that don't just exist because everyone's hard-hearted and evil. I mean, there's there's some yeah. genuine diversity here. What I noticed just listening to you guys is that for most for many people, the the things that you're talking about have repelled them and they're walking away from faith en masse for these for this lack of clarity for this lack of direction for the supposed or apparent contradiction and you seem to be drawn to it it seems to inspire you it seems to enliven you i i think you're you look like you're coming alive spiritually and not going in the opposite direction and i'm wondering what can you pinpoint a quality i mean i uh, why 
Why do you think that's the case for you? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I totally agree. I think that's totally right. Why? Um, one, I think knowing that there's a conversation out there, I think frankly, and we talk about this a lot, frankly, I think growing up and just because of the world I was in, you just don't know it's either kind of this way or some way out there. And most of those people are lost or look what happened to that person that went down that rabbit hole. Um, look what, you know, it's a, you hear terms like slippery slope or up, you know, opening these can of worms that are really dangerous and, uh, quote unquote dangerous, you know, and I think frankly, you have this idea of what that journey looks like. And frankly, if you are alone in that journey, it can be totally crushing. Um, with specific questions on specific issues or just being isolated within a community because you don't have anyone else to, it's kind of like you need to course correct or frankly, I don't know if there's space for you here. So part of the enlivenment is, and it's not just picking sides, it's actually a diverse community of folks who have experienced a similar thing. So there's immediate sort of rapport, but then you go, wow, like there are people really pressing into this who are way smarter than me or have been doing this for years longer than me. Um, grown men and women who have under went gone through the fire before me in many ways. And I think part of it is just knowing that that's there and having access to it, but then having access to being able to contribute to that conversation and yeah. not being isolated. That's certainly not it. Steven, what else, what do you think? For me, the main one, the main thing is it became unsustainable for me to adopt another stance. Like it, I, this wasn't my first stance that I adopted. Um, I, I remember times in my faith, um, where, you know, the prospect of, of, of confronting someone who thought very differently from me or meeting with someone who thinks very differently from me was really scary because I felt vulnerable. I felt like, well, what if they just construct the perfect argument and, and, and all of a sudden I'm sort of left, you know, <laughs> just in pieces. Um, and, and I, 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 I mean, some of the missionary experiences that I had and that sort of that short trip in India, uh, I remember being up on a roof one night and things were sort of crumbling that I, I couldn't make sense of suffering and, and how I got to live the kind of life I did. And these people got to live their life. And, and that for me was a turning point. Cause I, I remember specifically thinking like, okay, if this is going to be real, no questions can be off the table. Um, and so when I came back, I started reading apologetics and stuff. And over time that, that eventually just expanded into more and more. And I think I have found since making that shift and trying to uh, slowly <laughs> open myself up um, more to different ideas, it, I, I've seen, the, I, feel, I feel like the fruit of it is growth. Um, it hasn't been like what I was afraid of, some sort of contamination or, or, or deception um, it's been, right. It's been growth, even when I don't necessarily agree with a person. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm reflecting on, uh, here at my age, you know, heading toward the late fifties that the space that we leave for mystery and for not knowing is some of the most enlivening and enriching space where before it was considered dangerous. Um, it really brings life, new life. And uh, we get to see new things. And I'm projecting it on what I'm seeing in you all. Uh, but you seem to be kind of getting or experiencing that at a younger age, which I'm 
which I'm really pleased about. But I, I want to end this line of question with just this simple question. Someone approaches you. They don't have much of a Bible knowledge. They seem eager. They've heard the Scriptures have answers. Where do you point them? What resources? What, what, do, you, what do you give them um, as some bedrock as they launch their own journey in the context of Scripture um, these days? How do you, how, how do you, how do, you do that? Hmm. Yeah, I think, so this literally happened to me this week. Um, A buddy called me and said that some relationship he's in, this person grew up Buddhist, literally does not know who Jesus is outside of maybe hearing about him once or twice, but is really interested in everything that they've heard. Um, And was asking me literally this question, what do you, what do you advise that I begin to point them to? (laughs) And it's a great question to consider. Um, I'll give a simple answer, which is... uh, really centering on Jesus. If there's anything that I've to sum up kind of what I've taken away from the last five years of my journey in terms of understanding, knowing God, knowing the kingdom is this sort of shift, which we've talked about from kind of this, this core belief that Jesus is God and that's what we need to get behind. Like believe that he is God He's the, he's the son, he's the one, like put that faith in the fact that he is God and shifting that almost on its head to seeing God in light of Jesus. In other words, starting understanding that God is in fact like Jesus. What that leads to is immediate dissonance with a lot of the Old Testament, with maybe a lot of what we grew up with, but that fundamental shift, which I think, by the way, if you're going to put a bet anywhere, um... I think for me, where I'm at today is I'm willing to I'm willing to put every egg in that basket still at this stage. That God, if He's like anything, He's like the person of Jesus that we see in the Gospels, that we see reflected throughout the throughout Scripture. Um, that that's what God is like: this co-suffering, vulnerable, often willing to be weak and let go. God of the cross, for in the margins. Um, willing to relinquish power, willing to relinquish, willing to let go of that divinity to become, you know, a very slave, that Philippians 2 type dialogue. And believing if that's what God is like, we have to, and we, if Jesus is the image of the invisible God, as the Apostle Paul says, and that's the best picture we'll ever have of who he is and what he's like, which is the fundamental question, what's God like? He's like Jesus. That is the center that I would point everyone to from a kind of a way of reading scripture, a lens through which to understand the Old Testament. You know, and so literally I would point people to just like I honestly, just like I would have done 15 years ago, Gospel of John, just starting to understand the person of Jesus. Because if if you can have an experience there and get to know that person and, and get to know that God who is God, um, it will reframe everything for you. Yeah. I, Nice. Steven? I I love this question um, because it it is, for me, it is easy just to get lost in the ideas. Um, And at some point, I mean, it makes sense for there to be sort of a distilled, you know, Reader's Digest, here's where we're going to start. You got to have a place like that. I, I don't have anything formulaic. Um, 
I, I am more interested in, in, in first trying to figure out where a person is at, not like, do they know the Lord and are they saved more? Um, what's, what's their history like? Like, what is their relationship? What is their concept of, with God, of God like? And um, how do I, how do I meet that person where they are and then help and then try to explain what it would look like for God to be like Jesus? I think, I mean, generally speaking, I mean, narrative high points. I mean, I, I you know, God <laughs> made the world. He wants us, he, he, we're, we're to be his agents, you know, sort of ruling over things as he would, made in his image. And God has elected to create a family through whom all the world is blessed. Do you want in? Like, do you want to be a part of this? Because there, there's a way that things can be put right. And what I mean by that is not just that individual guilt or, uh, you know, like, like you can feel better about your individual sin problem, but more like, no, the, like this entire thing, like top to bottom, what if, what if Colossians is actually true that God in Christ is reconciling all things to himself? Like there is, there is a momentum um, in, <laughs> there's a momentum in the world that there, there's, there, there's some sort of a force that something is happening and it's, it's a, it's a force of integration, but in order for things to be integrated to some extent, we will experience those that we experience that as a disintegration because we're not the center of the, of, of the integration where it's, it, it, I'm being drawn out of myself and pulled into what God is doing. Um, and so I, I, I think I, I would want to focus more on, on, on the broader narrative and, and address, sort of address with wherever the person is. And then, and then just focus continually on Jesus being like God. I mean, what I, I do, I genuinely believe that, the Bible. If, if if we if we if we come to the Bible and we come to it with questions that um, that are, that are less our questions and more it and more you know, to 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 you know whatever extent we can <laughs> the questions that the Bible was written to answer. I don't think we're going to be led astray. I don't nice. know if that's specific enough for you. What do you think? I think it's honest, and I loved I I love watching you guys. Um, uh, struggle a little bit with these answers. It's it's becoming of your approach of the whole content, uh, the whole podcast. You're not foisting away the, the the Andrew and Stephen way on others. You're getting people. You're evoking in people a curiosity and uh, about their own journey. And I I appreciate that. So I just want to acknowledge you for the the honesty that uh, you're coming at this with. And I appreciate that. Let's lighten it up for a few uh, with a few more questions. I come out from that. <laughs> <laughs> that heavier subject. If, you, if people haven't turned it off, I love yes, it. I love it. that's right. Um, um, I'm. This is a fun question. Um, just your favorite podcast and why? You know, if you look back, maybe you can do a quick scan. Um, your favorite podcast and why? Each of you, and you can't uh, steal from each other. Mm. Uh, I like to see two different answers. Oof, okay, mm. I gotta think back through all of them. I'm lo- I'm looking through. I'm looking through the list. Um. You know, I feel like the, ah, gosh. My favorite podcast in terms of just being able to cut, that uh, we've talked about this before. I think someone, I say that to everything I say, we've talked about this before. Um, there have been some people you have on where they they are self 
you know, controlled enough to, to, to actually like limit their, their answers when you ask a question (laughs) or they're waiting for, or they're waiting for you to ask a specific question, which is great if you have specific questions you really want to get into. And then there's other people where just the sheer essence of them is to get on. And you could just say, so how's, how's your day going? (laughs) And they would just start going. Uh, And for an inner, as someone that likes these people being the interviewer, um, that's awesome. I my the second time we had Brian Zond on was probably my favorite conversation. Mm, yeah, um, and that was episode twenty one on and Brian Zond on on salvation, eschatology, and the kingdom of God. Brian is just so daggum passionate, but he's also like edgy, and he knows it. Like he looks put, like Al Pacino, which I love. He does a little bit, and yeah. he um, <laughs> and he he just is a true like he is so Jesus movement. 60s, 70s rock and roll. And that is, I mean, that's him. That's him. He loves, like, every year he plays, every year he does a sermon series called Finding God on Your iPod. And he basically takes songs through it, like, just song titles and lyrics and preaches a sermon off from like Bob Dylan to the stones to like whatever, you know. And so that's just his essence. But on that episode, he, ah, I just felt like, honestly, and it's not because we did a great job. I think we just caught him at the right time with the right questions. And this is kind of always Brian. And I felt like he was just in his lane going off. Um, but not like an over-the-top rant, but like just just in talking. And frankly, saying some really radical stuff, that not radical in the sense of unorthodox, just like the implications. Like we're talking about, so help us understand salvation. And his core shift is from a highly transactional, I'm getting my sins forgiven and personally soul saved for eternity. So I go to heaven and not hell to what is salvation? It's the kingdom of God. Um, And your individual salvation is important, but it's a part of a larger whole. And there's, he has this amazing way of holding the tension around the mechanisms, a, a, a serious respect for, of course, scripture, but also the sacraments and, and baptism and communion. And it's just, he has it all there. And yet at the same time, he totally gets that it's not just about you and your buddy, Jesus, getting your soul saved. I mean, it's really a, a broader thing. And to hear him just go off of that um, was awesome. And I just also just, I have to say just on the side, the interview we did with Cody Deese, who what you, what yeah. you mentioned, the first one, it was just, we, I got to hang out with him at his house and he's just such a great just communicator and to hear him tell his story, which all, which is really all it was, is his story. Um, and to sit, you know, and have drinks with him and just sit at his table and, and hear from him was a blessing. That was the first like real guest I think that I felt I started to get really excited about early on. That was, I think, episode 10. Steven? Yeah, so gosh, favorite one. Um, sh- Ah, I've got, I've got a number of, of contenders. I mean, I've really enjoyed getting to know Kurt Willems. I mean, I mean, getting to know whatever, like having him on the show a couple of times. Um, I, I just, uh, I, 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 he's, he's just a lot of fun to talk to. I love his, you know, new Testament background and philosophy background. And, um, he's like trying to get into a PhD program now. I don't, I don't, I mean, hopefully someone's paying for all that school. Holy cow. Um, I see. I also, the conversation we had with Richard Beck, that oh was, gosh. man. I mean, and Richard Beck, especially because he's, I mean, I've been following his blog for, I don't know, five or six years and uh, reading his books, listening to him on podcasts. And he is just, he is just consistent, man. He, and he, 
He's 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 never afraid. And my, my, one of my favorite things about him is that he's actually he worships in a fairly conservative uh, context. He's in, I think he's in a um, like a, a, a Church of Christ in Texas, and he holds to some theological positions that I, that I, that I suspect that some people like on the elder board and things wouldn't buy into. Um, but he still like that's his community. Um, and so he, not only does he, um, have all of the, the knowledge from, from, from his training and then also just his theological engagement over decades, but he also has the, uh, the humility, um, and just the openness to, 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 to be in a congregation that doesn't necessarily think like he does and to find life there. Like he's not some social justice warrior there. Like he's not right, at war. Right. Like that's his family. Um, uh, that one. And then I think, I mean, you mentioned the ones that I, that I was thinking about too, but uh, Drew Hart's Drew, between Drew and, and, and Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove, it was challenging to me because I mean, I I've, I've, I've never genuinely, I mean, honestly, I've never really read much on race and theology. It was never a question for me. I just, I mean, wasn't a question. I wasn't really thinking about it. And so these are books from thinkers who um, are just in the trenches uh, in terms of activism, but then also in terms of theological engagement. Drew's, um, you know, and I love having Drew and Sarah Fay because their, their dynamic was just, they were so much fun to talk to. Um, and, and, and the whole, I, the whole idea of this epistemological gap, this sort of like, there's a difference in the, in, in the, in the types of knowledge and the richness of knowledge that's available, uh, between yeah. what, what, what you can get in, in communities that are sort of at the low end of the hierarchy and the ones that are at the top. And what we see in the Bible and in Jesus, I think is that he consistently tends to swing towards the bottom. Um, and so that, I mean, just hearing them, uh, it was, it was convicting. Well, Stephen, I asked, I asked for one favorite and you, you mentioned like 12. Um, so apparently you're, you're, you love all your guests. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. Um, okay. Here's another question and I want each of you to answer. You got to come up with your own unique answer. Give me your fantasy podcast guest and why. <laughs> do they have to be alive? Uh, you Ooh. got the. Do they have to be alive? Is yes. It? Someone that could yes, realistically. Cause I ex- yes, because I expect them to be <laughs> on the show this year. Are we setting 2019 goals. Absolutely. Go. We got them. Sent the attention out Steven, there. Steven, you're going first on this. Okay. All right, Steven, you're first, I guess. Rob Bell, mark my words. You will come on my podcast and talk about your Leviticus commentary. I can't wait to have you on. He's a Leviticus commentary he just put out. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Why, why, see, I have to ask why my follow up question. Just what's your, I mean, there yeah, might be why? obvious reasons, well, but not everyone uh, wants, like, wants he, to dig deep into Leviticus. He's, he's genuinely, I mean, he was, uh, he's definitely out there in the sort of progressive Christian camp. So the, the concept of, of, a, of a progressively oriented Christian writing a commentary on Leviticus, uh, <laughs> that just sounds like a whole lot of fun to read. I just, I want to read that. Uh, so I think, I think that one, and then, um, I mean, God, I mean, if, if, if we had NT right on, I think that might just be it. That would, that would be the, that's it. You'd have to end it. The last episode. We've, we've won. Yeah. 
Uh, All right, so Rob Bell and N.T. Wright. Andrew? It's just too obvious to say Richard Rohr. I already thought about this. Yes. <laughs> but, Rohr. but that's that's uh, just... Let me, uh, no, no, that's that's. No, but that's, that's I, I don't know if that's what you, but I'm saying. I don't okay, know if that's my real that's fantasy. It's not because it's too far fetched or okay, too whatever. Go ahead. Ah, um, uh, I will. I'll say Richard Rohr, and here's why. Yes. Obviously, every every per, every person in my like demo, every like thirty year old semi progressive post evangelical ish white male thinks Richard Rohr is just the world's greatest person. So I recognize that right off the bat. But but to actually, what outside of the fact that he's just like, wow, it'd just be amazing to have a dialogue with him. I just know that any conversation we have with him would just be explosively powerful. Not because of the questions we'd ask or because like it'd be such a dynamic talk, but just we talked about these people that have really been with, who you know, have just been in that silence, have been with God, like or have been wrestling with, all sorts of stuff in the faith. He's someone that's like a, a, a tried, true. I mean, the guy's been doing it forever, and he's in that second half of life deeply. And the wisdom, I just know that everything he say, and for our listener, I think our listeners would just be, particularly those who aren't familiar with him, would just have their jaw to the floor. So I'm going to go with Richard. I'd really like to have Nadia Boltz Weber on also. Um, I just think it could be really interesting. And for those who don't know Nadia, she's uh well, you can just Google her, but she'd be interesting as well. Nice. But I'll, I'll leave it to Richard. Okay, so here we're wrapping up, and it's a two-parter. And of course, I want to know what's next. I want I, I'm interested in what's next in your spiritual life. You know, what 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 are you ready or willing or looking to embrace? And secondly, what's next with the podcast? Give us give us give us some some thoughts, some dreams, some plans you have for for what your listeners uh can look forward to yeah um so so i'll answer both questions um and our families actually have been kind of on this journey certainly steven and and elise but i've been diving into the enneagram a lot recently um which is interesting also sort of on a number of folks radar and for anyone unfamiliar with the enneagram you can also just google it that's kind of in that intersection of kind of individual spiritual transformation, but also sort of broader, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a lot about relationships. Um, and again, I won't give that FaceTime right now or airtime right now, but folks can Google. I've been wrestling with that and a lot on um, some of the, uh, not only kind of atonement theory um, more broadly, but specifically this nonviolent, God is basically completely nonviolent and all loving and seeing the crucifixion the, it's all of it, you know, the, the whole passion and atonement as not as an act of God in terms of punitive um, sort of punishment or punitive justice, but God as purely restorative um, reconciler. And some of these authors from Greg Boyd, Brad Jersak, um, uh, Paul Young, and a number of others, I've been just very deep in their stuff recently. And it's just, to me it's extremely compelling. It leaves a lot of old, a lot of old Testament question marks. Um, but the, the core kind of the core, you know, underlying focus is God is, God is not a, he does not seek to kill, steal, destroy, but he, he only is, that's his only capacity is out, is giving self-sacrificing, outpouring love. And that model is 
frankly, really, really compelling and leaves a lot of questions, but it's interesting. Um, and for the, po- uh, I'll, I'll pause on the podcast. Steven, you want to hit, what are you wrestling with right now? And then we can talk about podcast future. Anything else you've been diving into? You got to hit some of the process yeah. stuff because we're go- oh, going man. there. Yeah. So I've been a few years ago, uh, I think it was to Richard Beck's blog. I was introduced to some of the work of, um, uh, what's his name? We- the weakness of God. Moltmann. No, well, all Mom is on there too, the crucified God. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, it'll come back to me later. Anyway, so the, the uh, basically, I have been thinking a lot about different models of God and how we how how that affects uh, what we think about it. Um, uh, I'm not, how that affects how we the types of lives that we live. Um, so. Some of the ones I've been thinking about right now. John Caputo. Caputo. Jack Caputo. That's it. Yep. He wrote Meekness of God. So that one kind of blew my mind. And, and I listened to an audible, his uh, the, the, the follow-up to that one. I think it's a theology of perhaps. Um, awesome book title. Uh, then. <laughs> I just did the theology yeah. of perhaps. I'm like, okay, that's just above my grade. <laughs> Stephen, let me know. Let me know what that theology is. <laughs> so. Send me the three cents. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. His book is like it's a lot of pages. Um, what well, I'm interested because um, I I think for me I've become really pretty uh, interested in this idea that that whatever frameworks that we that we that we that we put around God are inherently they're not God. Like so to some extent we're engaging in, in some degree of like idolatry as we, as we like we're creating false gods if, as we try to describe the true God. But that doesn't mean that we are speaking pure falsehoods. There's actually, I think there's truth, um, but God won't be contained in those. And, and so it, it's, it's freed me up to sort of go, okay, well, let me, let me look in this sort of, this little vein of thought. Let me look in this vein of thought and try to unearth with the Bible here, um, uh, and and with those different philosophies, what uh, what God looks like, and then what what it means to to try and follow Him. Um, I think for um, you know, well, okay, I guess as far as what we're doing, other stuff, um, church calendar. We're really doing a lot of things with the church calendar this year. Um, it's kind of been a progressive thing every year. Uh, let's see. I think as far as the podcast goes, I would love to. I, I would love to see more people from a conservative orientation um, and and a little bit more in, into some of the Bible. I, I want to dive more into some like specific Bible questions um, in part because I think it's a fair critique. Like a lot of our folks have been, um, well, it really just depends on how you think about it, but a lot, of, a lot of our folks you could say have been sort of in the more sort of progressive side. Uh, and one of my favorite things in this whole journey has been like, I, I'm starting to really like reading people on on that this, that just don't even agree with each other, but I find such good stuff in both of them. So, um, I'm looking forward to that. Hmm. Yeah, going forward, so 2019. Stephen and I just debriefed on this last week. Frankly, I think more of the same in the sense of structure, in the sense of cadence. Um, you know, in case our listeners haven't noticed. We don't have like an Instagram account. We don't have a lady podcast, Twitter account. We're not, we're, we literally debated. We're like, if we want to expand the footprint, not because we want to get famous. I mean, simply to just increase number of listeners and the community, you have to put your back into social media. You have to be willing to, to, 
do that. And just to be totally, we're just not interested right now. Um, inviting that off and it's just not from the time. Um, it's just not a world we want to live in right now. So some people will never hear of us because of that. Um, but I think the flip side is hopefully having guests that are continually in a lot of these conversations, I think will, will open that door. So it's going to be more of the same from a cadence perspective. I think every 10 days or so having a new episode, having some new voices, we're diving into process theology, we're diving into some open theism stuff. There's going to be some interesting, really we, the pipeline, I guess is, is interesting. We have a rabbi coming on in January. Um, so there's just some, some cool stuff happening. One thing we've talked about too, just to kind of cast this vision for our listeners. I mean, finding ways to sort of solicit more listener interaction. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about doing that either via email or leveraging SpeakPipe, which is a, a voice application that's really easy to use, which we'll plug in another episode probably formally. Um, but just for that, and for those of you who, by the way, just for our listeners who have um, reached out or sent us emails or interacted, thank you. It's meant it's meant a lot, but also it like helps us to kind of put teeth on some things and, and focus in. I think we're going to bring on a couple of like... I'd call them more avid listeners, like folks that have like been listening to every single episode that maybe also have specific questions um, or want to pick our brain on some things. Um, so experimenting with a bit more of a diverse structure um, and creating creating space for that for that sort of interaction. Um, Stephen, anything else just in terms of when you think of kind of 2019, at least at least kind of Q1, Q2 that that I didn't mention you want to highlight that people can look forward to? No, I mean, I think one of the best things about Lady Podcast is that, like, since we're not on social media, we get to be like that secret underground thing that that gives our listeners that smug sense of superiority. Like, <laughs> we're, we're really cool because we're on the inside. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's what we're going for. That's so. the real product we're offering. Forget the yeah, content. It is. It is. And we pay each guest lump sums. That's great. Well, guys, it's been um, it's been a lot of fun, and I just want to say on behalf of all your listeners, of which I am one, uh, I want to thank you for what you've done here, and for willingness to put yourself out there, and to um, just to be honest and real and relatable, and and a little bit humble, and uh, it's inviting, it's encouraging, and um, not to mention, you know working a full day and having these podcasts late at night. Your poor wives are, are, are waiting for you to get into, uh, come back to bed and all that stuff. So I appreciate Elise, appreciate Jenna and, um, and what you're doing. And I'm, I'm excited and I am a faithful listener. I will have you know. But thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Great. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. And uh, Folks, everyone listening, again, thank you. Thanks for just an awesome year. It hasn't even been quite a year, but to round out the calendar, really appreciate it. Um, and for you know everyone who's contributed in you know in other ways means a lot. Stephen, anything else you want to hit? Tom, you got a podcast. Oh my gosh, you got to plug the podcast. Tell us oh, about. I get tell to us make about your my, latest pro- I get project. to make. Well, this, it's it's. It's uh, don't don't give me the floor like that, guys. That could be dangerous. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'll start, the, I'll start the timer now. <laughs> no, it's real simple. I was actually inspired by your work, and um, my new business is is uh, called transitionperfect.com. and I take 
people in transition, take them away for a few days and get them clear on where they're going and why and give them a plan to get there. Uh, but my, my, my podcast, which I'm really excited about, is called Every Day a Life. And Andrew has helped me put the whole thing together, gave me a bunch of ideas, coached me through the entire thing. And I have people on who have made famous life transitions, um, different ages, different situations. Um, and it's just been a lot of fun. And uh, I've had 82-year-old uh, women who've just published their first novel and, and had three, went through three nasty divorces and, and are joyful and happy. And I've had, um, I, I've just had uh, younger people and I'm going to have a 25 year old on. It's, uh, it's just a lot of fun. I'm having a, a lot of enjoying it's everyday life streaming on pod on Podbean as well. Thanks for that opening. Every day, Steve. appreciate it. Every day, a life. That's right. We'll link okay. it. That's right. Every day, oh. a life, four words. Exactly. Yeah. And we can, and I would just, I'm going to put a plug out there too. I just say for those who are, and we could link this, I think part of what you do is even host, you know, you do live events for folks that are in transition, um, which, you know, maybe you could expound on, but in short, I think if there are people, I, I would imagine there are probably listeners even kind of in the, for your younger, younger demographic of folks that are in sort of transition, maybe in conjunction with spiritual transition, call it crisis, or coming out of a particular life circumstance that could really benefit from what well, you put the, what out there. I, the, the point is that transition is in our lives for transformation. It's, it's the door that we actually have been looking for, but we're so scared of change and having to transition that we don't see it. We don't feel it as, tra- as an opportunity. And um, so I think they're one and the same. And in, in, in the transitions I've been in, it's felt very much like a spiritual adventure to me. And uh, God has a, a place to shine in our in our uh, path in a way, and then in the end, all glory to Him uh, because we get to we get to make our way. So thanks for the again, thanks for the opening, and um, and I'll again look forward to being in touch. Excellent, excellent. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. It's been uh, been a pleasure, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>